Hey there, Mike Stelzner coming to you with a fascinating update you might not be familiar with. Did you know that Social Media Examiner can deliver all the marketing, training, news, and trends, insights that you need into your inbox three days a week when you sign up for our newsletter and it's completely free? Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates and take your marketing to the next level. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and for business owners who want to know what works with social media. I'm very excited about today's show. Today, we're going to be exploring how to use LinkedIn to generate leads with Stephanie Sammons, who writes regularly on LinkedIn for Social Media Examiner. I'm also going to take a caller question. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and take that question right now. Deep from within a remote jungle village, here's this week's social media question. Hey, Michael, love your podcast. This is Curtis from smokehousepodcast.com. I had two questions. One is your thoughts on teaming up with a blogger, uh, hosting my podcast on a blogger site. And two was uh, different social media strategies for a service comp- company. I'm, uh, I'm doing catering now. Uh, first on the podcast, I've, I've done my podcast. It's pretty much been a hobby the whole time, and I, I don't really want to do much else with it. Um, so a blogger came by and uh, we're working together. We've worked everything out, uh, content origination and, and credit-wise and, and, and money-wise. But what do you think about that? Teaming up with a blogger, it takes away the responsibility of me to, to do the website stuff and I can just upload the podcast because I still enjoy doing that and interacting with people. Hey, Curtis. So um, I want to focus on this first question here, which is teaming up with a blogger. Um, and you're a podcaster. I think, first of all, let's just step back for a second. I think that teaming up with people that have strengths where you have weaknesses is always, always, always a wise move. As a matter of fact, in my book launch, I have an entire chapter about this, uh, working with outside experts or other people that have kind of a competency. Uh, in your particular case, I do think it makes a lot of sense if you're working with a blogger who already has an existing audience and you have some background and expertise in doing podcasting, it makes an enormous amount of sense to do this. As a matter of fact, I've seen others in our industry do this. For example, uh, Brian Clark uh, from copyblogger.com. They have a podcast that I don't think they're recording much anymore, but their podcast is not actually produced by Brian Clark. It's produced by another guy who I'm forgetting his name. Brian Clark comes on the show every now and again, but he's not always the only one on the show. And uh, it makes a lot of sense to do that and to collaborate so that you can essentially leverage the strengths of both of you together. So I would I would say, yeah, give it a try and see if it works uh, and let us know. If you want your question answered on a future episode of this podcast, please visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash voicemail. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. With that, let's transition over to today's expert interview. 
helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. I am very excited to be joined today by Stephanie Sammons. If you don't know who Stephanie is, she blogs at Build Online Influence. She's the CEO of Wired Advisor, a firm that helps folks in the financial industry. And she also writes for Social Media Examiner exclusively about LinkedIn, of all things. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Michael. Great to be here. Well, Stephanie and I today are going to explore how to use LinkedIn to generate leads. And if you're in uh, the business of selling something that's not a commodity, something that requires a little bit of decision making before anybody buys, and then really this is the show for you. And uh, we're going to dig in right now. So Stephanie, let's step back for a second. Can you help everyone understand why LinkedIn is so good for uh, lead generation? Absolutely. Well, you know, LinkedIn is the professional web where you might think of Facebook as the, the personal web. And it's really, it's the largest professional network for working people. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're an employee or a business owner, a freelancer, a marketer uh, within a company. It's, there are over 200 million active and engaged members on LinkedIn. And typically they go there with a purpose you know, that people are, are going to LinkedIn because they want to make new connections. They want to gain insights about their industry and their customers and or anything that can help them get smarter about what they do every day. And then they also go there to network. So in my mind, it's the purest form of business networking online. And for folks that are listening that haven't been on LinkedIn in a long time, I remember how it was, and I'm sure you do, Stephanie, way back in the day. Um, before kind of Facebook and Twitter, where you would get all these um, friend requests, well, not friend requests, but LinkedIn requests from people wanting to connect with you. And for the most part, way back when, LinkedIn was really the place to go when you were looking for a job. Um, how has it come along since then? Yeah, I think it's completely evolved since then because uh, there's a lot of rich content on the network um, that can be discovered that can again, help you become smarter and achieve your career goals or your business goals, um, or, you know, even get in front of the right people, which is ultimately what can lead to uh, a new client or a new customer. So uh, I think LinkedIn's done a really good job on trying to keep members coming back and then from there, um, keeping them on the site to where they spend more time engaging and networking with one another. What's really exciting about LinkedIn over since they've gone just before they've gone public and even up until today is um, they keep adopting and, and and adding new features and frankly looking more and more like Twitter and Facebook, but yet doing things completely unique. For example, one thing that you see over at LinkedIn that you don't see in the other places is um, this thing they have called LinkedIn Today. Uh, which is kind of like the most commonly shared content across different categories based on what your profile is. And then, of course, they've got all these experts writing um, blogs for LinkedIn as well. And I think that they're really working very hard to bring a lot of people into the network on a daily basis. And it's actually come a long way. And their mobile app is pretty incredible, too. Would you agree? 
Yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, why why go out and spend time scouring the web for great content if you can go to one place and find what you're looking for, uh, where it's all aggregated there, and then you've got the opportunity to to share it and create discussions around it with the people you're connected to and even beyond that. Now, Stephanie, you've been writing articles uh, for Social Media Examiner on LinkedIn for years, and um, you probably have covered for us um, you know, some of the really major breakthroughs that LinkedIn has made. Um, let's bring this full circle now. For the person who's listening right now, um, what are some of the things that LinkedIn can do, some of the tools um, for the person who wants to try to get some leads? So, um, you know, the, the list of tools and features that you can leverage are, are awesome, and I'll walk through some of those. But really what matters most is how you use the tools. And so, you know, I recommend that you always have a relationship mentality when you're on LinkedIn and you look to position yourself as a thought leader to where you're building influence with your network within your niche. So not only is this practice good for business in, in terms of attracting leads and, and attracting people to want to learn more about you and your business, but it's also really the right thing to do because it, you're, it, the smarter you are about marketing, uh, the less people realize you're marketing to them. So I just want to say that first in terms of using the tools but the goal is to really be consistently visible and valuable and stay top of mind. And I think that the, the studies say that it takes someone seven times to be exposed to you before they really start to pay attention and listen and determine whether or not it makes sense to take the next step or even have a business conversation. So I look at LinkedIn as an opportunity to really uh, position myself as a resource within my niche market using these various tools like for example uh, LinkedIn today as you mentioned earlier great way to find content quickly that is relevant to your target market and share it on LinkedIn um, it's it provides a rich status update with a picture and a message and you can add your own commentary and so that's a great way to stay top of mind. Okay, so let me pause you there for a second. Sure. So it's kind of like, um, it, it, it's kind of like if you were on a blog, and um, you wanted to, um, and you saw that they had, uh, you know, a retweet button, but instead it's actually on LinkedIn. So what I'm hearing you saying is that you shouldn't just go on LinkedIn and build up your personal profile. You should actually share um, content perhaps that you can actually find on LinkedIn today with your network and how does that actually ultimately help generate leads? Can you kind of connect the dots on that a little bit? Sure. So every time you update your LinkedIn profile or it's really activating your profile because your profile is just a, your store, but you've got to put products in your store and you've got to get people to your store. And so one of the ways that you fill up your store is by sharing status updates, rich status updates with your network. Um, as individuals uh, engage with you who are already connected to you, then you've got the potential to get exposure to their networks because they have connections. And if they comment or like or share your particular update on LinkedIn, then you've got that opportunity to expand your visibility above and beyond that, that first degree relationship. Gotcha. 
So you can kind of essentially track who is interacting with your content and that could lead to some sort of a lead, if you will. Correct. I mean, I think the path that, that most follow on LinkedIn is the more they see you, they're going to come and check out your profile to learn more about you. And then the path from there, if it's someone who is, who is really relevant and potentially interested in your business, your, your value proposition for your business, then they may click out and go to your blog or your website to, and then go from there to get closer to you. Now, you brought up the, the checking out your profile. One of the things that I've noticed lately on LinkedIn is when I go to my profile, it shows me people I don't know who've checked out my profile. Can you kind of explain how that may be a source of a lead? Yeah, it could be. Um, if you've Now, I think you have to have a paid account to be able to see a lot of that. But if you can see who's checking out your profile, then certainly... Uh, you can you can gather some intelligence on that individual and think about how you might creatively connect with them versus if someone checks out your profile and, and perhaps they're a prospective pro, a, a prospect or a potential client just going straight to them and saying hey I saw you were checking out my profile I wouldn't do that you know right um, but but finding a way to creatively connect um, and and also I should note that you can turn that setting off. For yourself, and if you want to go and check out profiles without them knowing that it's you, uh, you can actually hide your identity uh, on LinkedIn through your settings. Interesting. What are some of the other ways that you can use LinkedIn to generate leads? So, um, some of the other tools uh, with LinkedIn, obviously groups. You can spend some time in group discussions. You can actually connect with mutual group members. Uh, LinkedIn allows you to do that without knowing the person. And so uh, as you get to know some of the members in the group through discussions, sending them an invitation to connect might make a lot of sense. I don't know how long that'll be around, but I think that's a great tool. Okay, so hold on. Let's let's stop for a second, just because okay. a lot of people may not be totally familiar with the whole group thing inside of LinkedIn. So there are thousands, right? Probably tens of thousands of professional groups inside of LinkedIn, and you can join them with a click, right? Correct. You can join up to fifty groups. And then once you're in those groups, it's like a forum, right? Where you can you can interact, you can scope out who's asking questions, and that could that could serve as a way to generate some leads as well, don't you think? Yes, I do. As long as you're you're truly adding value to the conversation and you're not uh, overtly marketing yourself within the group, um, I think that's a great way to start to build rapport with potential clients and customers. Now, another thing that you could do is you could start your own group, right? Yep. You know, I, I did that. Um, I have my own niche group. It's got over 3,000 financial advisors in the group, which is my target market primarily. And you hear a lot of uh, complaints that groups are spammy. There are a lot of people who share and promote their own materials. Um, and some of them are, are really filled with that. So you've, you've got to do your due diligence to find the right groups for you. But starting your own group and managing it well from the beginning is a great way to build a community around your industry and your target markets. One of the things we do at Social Media Examiner uh, when we have our online conferences, 
um, like Content Success Summit, we create what's called the private group on LinkedIn. And then what we do is we export the email list of everyone who has purchased uh, a ticket to this event, and we invite them to come interact in the private LinkedIn group. And we set up our rules, and we can kick people out of the group. And actual really cool stuff happens that way because it takes, you know, somewhat anonymous people and allows them to kind of connect in a private setting where they know that everyone who's there with them essentially is kind of in the same boat. And I would imagine there's a bazillion uses for private and or public groups that could be really quite phenomenal if done right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Groups can be very powerful, but again, like I said earlier, you just have to find the right ones. And it's impossible to really make a dent or an impact in 50 groups, which is the number of groups you're allowed to join. Um, So I would recommend that you concentrate on three to five high-quality groups where you can have a meaningful presence within those groups. So if I am uh, a business owner or a marketer or a salesperson who's listening right now, um, what would you recommend they do to get started um, what are some, some, some steps they should take to kind of get underway and get their feet wet a little bit with attempting to, you know, get some leads off of LinkedIn? So, well, the first thing you need to do is build a rich personal profile on LinkedIn. Make sure your profile is complete. Make sure it's optimized. Um, and what I mean by that is, is that your perspective clients and customers can really understand what it is that you do and you're not using fancy terminology that that nobody really gets but you're very clear about what you do um who you help and and how you help so building a a great personal profile is step one Um, activating that profile to where you begin to share interesting valuable helpful content with your network um, is step two. And again, it's just about this being consistently visible and valuable, staying top of mind. That is a lead generation process that works really well. Uh, You don't have to sell, but you have to educate and provide great information. A lot of people that are listening right now may have a blog or an ebook or a webinar that they want to try to get people on. Um, And I don't know if that kind of stuff flies on LinkedIn when you start linking to and promoting that kind of stuff on LinkedIn. Does that work? Is it not a good idea? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I do think it works. Um, I think you have to be thoughtful about it. And again, if it's truly helpful and something that can be valuable, you're you're helping members uh, of your network um, get smarter or achieve more then I think it's perfectly acceptable to share your own content. I would mix it in with sharing other pieces of reputable content with your network and not just solely promote your own. But, you know, my experience is the the individuals and the businesses that do well in social media, they are producing their own thought leadership content and they're sharing that content pretty frequently. So, so here's a question for you, Stephanie. Um, some people that are listening right now may be like me and do not accept LinkedIn requests from people they don't actually know. And 
part of the reason I don't do that is uh, I treat it very seriously. I want only to be connected to people that I actually know and that I feel comfortable having in my network. Um, and I don't feel comfortable endorsing strangers or anything like that. Now, I take a completely different tact on Facebook, but with LinkedIn, I only connect with people that I know. Now, I'm not suggesting that that's right. This is just the decision that I've made to do. And if I was in the business of trying to generate leads, I'm not sure that's such a wise move. I'm curious what your thoughts are. Does it make sense to make my network as big as possible or to keep it small and intimate? That's such a great question. And that question comes up a lot um, when I'm speaking on the subject of LinkedIn. Um, It's a personal decision and it really does depend on your business situation. For me, um, I, I prefer to really work on both the depth and the breadth of my network because I believe the more connections you have, the more opportunities for visibility and the more business opportunities you can create for yourself because you're going to get visibility in other people's networks. You're going to show up in LinkedIn searches, more LinkedIn searches. Um, you know, let me just give you an example real quick. Yesterday I was helping a client in Arizona identify local attorneys on LinkedIn through search. And I'm in Dallas And the first attorney to pop up was one who was connected to someone that I was connected to. And so, therefore, you know, my network can potentially facilitate a valuable relationship for someone else, and it works the other way around as well. So you've got an opportunity to show up um, inadvertently when someone may not even be looking for you or your business. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, so what I hear you saying is, if you're in the business of trying to generate leads, you probably should try to make your network um, as as wide as it can. So I guess the logical next question is, what's the process to go ahead and grow your network? So you, you want to always be thinking um, about growing your network, con- connecting with anyone that you meet offline, connecting with people who you may have connected with on Facebook or Twitter, um, thinking about your peers in your industry, your clients, your prospective clients, community leaders, centers of influence, business advocates, um, anybody you can think of that you may know or have a really good reason to be connected with. And just always having that top of mind. Um, Absolutely, if your goal is to generate business and generate leads on LinkedIn. And and my rules are, if, if if they don't have a picture with their profile, I'm not connecting. If they don't send me a personal invitation that gives me the reason why they might want to connect or why it makes sense to connect, then I'm not going to accept that invitation. So I think you can still have some filters in place to determine what makes sense in that regard. Okay, so Stephanie, what I hear you saying is that um, if it's someone you don't know that's coming to you and wanting to make a connection, um, and they have those standard, like generic connect with me on LinkedIn things, and they haven't personalized it. For example, like Stephanie, I love your blog and I, and I'm a real big fan of what you're doing. Would love to connect here. If they haven't taken it to that level, then the likelihood that you would connect with them is less. 
And therefore, if we spin it around and you're trying to grow your network and you're approaching strangers and you're not personalizing it to them, then the likelihood that that connection will happen is going to be lower, right? Right. Now, um, once you've made a contact with somebody, and let's say it's you are at a trade show and you, and you got all these business cards, right, of all these people you've met, and you go on LinkedIn and you try to make all those connections with them, uh, is there anything else that should be done beyond that to kind of use LinkedIn to cultivate that relationship? So when you meet people, get connected with people at trade shows and events and conferences, um, it's that's a great platform to then spring from and take that relationship to, to the next level on LinkedIn. And one of the, the things you're going to have to have is an email address because you're not just going to be able to, to send an invite to connect to someone if there's not a a thread, a common thread that is defined by LinkedIn. And so there are a number of those uh, common threads that you can connect with, but having an email address from a business card is the way to do it. And what I would do is anybody that you meet at an event or a conference or a trade show is just say, hey, thanks so much, and I'm going to reach out to you on LinkedIn so we can get connected there. And then send them a personalized invitation. So once they've connected with you, What's the next step? So once they've connected with you, then um, you can send them a message. So there, there is no barrier then to send them a direct message and just follow up with them. Um, even as simple as, hey, I really enjoyed meeting you. And maybe it makes sense for us to schedule a call and talk about X, Y, or Z or something along those lines where you take it to the next level. Now, why would you do that if you already have their business card? Why would you wow. use LinkedIn? Um, because then you're able to, number one, consistently show up and stay top of mind with that contact. And then number two, um, you've got an, you've got a way to keep up with them and you've got the ability to track what they're doing, what they're sharing, uh, what's happening in their business, what's happening in their career. And so you, you get, you're, you're privy to that intelligence just by being connected on the network. And not only that, you also, um, could potentially gain exposure to their network just by being connected. How long do you feel like the time commitment is? Like, how much time are you spending on LinkedIn, and how much time are you advocating to some of your clients to spend on LinkedIn to do this kind of networking and lead generation? Literally, once you know your way around the network, um, you could spend a whopping ten minutes a day and make a pretty good impact on the network. You don't have to spend all day. It's just important to focus on those high-impact activities that we've talked about um, and not waste your time. You know, really have a focus and a purpose when you go in and do what you're going to do, engage in those high-impact activities, and then get out. That's all you have to do. Now, let's say that I'm a salesperson or a marketer, and I'm trying to get to somebody in a big company. How can I use... Let's say I'm trying to get to the marketing department at Coca-Cola. How could I use LinkedIn to kind of help me accomplish that? So one of the, the features that I love um, on LinkedIn is called InMail. And first of all, LinkedIn has really strong integration with email inboxes. So you're getting notifications from LinkedIn frequently. Um, I know some of that they've scaled back on a little bit, but... Members tend to trust emails from LinkedIn, and they tend to open emails from LinkedIn. Uh, open rates 
for in-mail on LinkedIn, when you send an in-mail, um, are even greater than open rates for typical email marketing um, collateral. So in-mail gives you the ability to send a direct message to any member on LinkedIn, regardless if you're connected to them or not. And that message is going to travel straight to their inbox, their actual email inbox. Wow. And the response rates on those are really high. But again, you've got to have a really good reason to connect. It can't be a sales pitch. Um, it's If you go in with um, a compliment or a congratulatory type of message or asking for advice, some way that positions you um, in, a, in a positive light to where the person doesn't view you as, as salesy um, or sending them any kind of a spammy type of a message. Answer me this. Um, are there any kinds of activities that people do on LinkedIn that kind of just make you cringe? <laughs> like, uh, yes. what, what should people avoid? Where should I begin? <laughs> kidding. <laughs> uh, well, you know, this is something I learned along the way. As you grow your connections, there are some people who have lots of connections, and LinkedIn will stop showing publicly if you have more than 500 connections. It's capped at 500 in terms of, of what they show. So people who have lots of connections need to be careful about sharing, really being too active. Um, because if, if many of your connections have a lot fewer connections within their network, then they're, all they're going to see is you when they log into LinkedIn. Right. So you want to be careful about that. Um, the second thing is you, you don't want to be too promotional. There's a lot of that going on in LinkedIn, as we talked about, especially within groups. And you, you want to be very thoughtful in the way that you promote your own content. Um, so those things drive me crazy. Um, people who don't update their profiles, the profiles that, that don't look good or, or don't even have a picture, um, that's annoying to me. It's LinkedIn is really becoming, that profile is becoming the default for our professional identities online. I mean, they, they, they rank very well in Google searches for our names. And it's often the first stop for someone to, to check you out and learn more about you. So I really think it's important to have that profile looking good and updated. I, uh, I really, I really love LinkedIn and, uh, I think LinkedIn is, is incredible. If I was still in my old business where I was a writer and I was looking for clients, I would be on LinkedIn all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I'm just so impressed with all the things that they've, they've been introducing lately. Has there been any, um, anything new that you've been experimenting with on LinkedIn or that you've noticed on LinkedIn that you might want to experiment or that folks should check out in the last maybe few months? Um, it seems to me that there are a couple of things. So uh, company pages, I think, are becoming more and more important. Uh, these pages are essentially the identity for your business on LinkedIn, not your personal identity on LinkedIn. And so you're actually able to set up a page, which can be a company page, which can almost be like a mini website for your company and build followers uh, for your page and share relevant information with those followers. So uh, company pages are something to watch. 
Um, in addition to that, I've been experimenting quite a bit with LinkedIn ads. And LinkedIn has a self-service ad program. And it's a great way to grow your group um, through running those ads, to grow followers for your company page. I've seen some, some results there. And it's not that expensive to do, and it's pretty easy to administer and test your ads. And also, LinkedIn members are they're receptive to ads as long as they're relevant. Um, a few things that we do at Social Media Examiner when it comes to LinkedIn, and you could do this too if you have a company website or a blog. Um, two things. One is if you do have a LinkedIn company page, LinkedIn has some sort of a widget that you can put on your website. And you'll see it at the sidebar of socialmediaexaminer.com. And it's a one-click kind of become a follower of the LinkedIn page kind of thing without having them leave your website. The other thing that I strongly recommend, especially to bloggers, is to have the LinkedIn share capability um, on your content. And this can be a really, really powerful way to kind of indirectly generate leads because as your content gets shared on LinkedIn... Uh, which happens with our stuff a lot, sometimes you might get into the LinkedIn today for the category that you're in, and then all of a sudden, lots of people that are on LinkedIn are going to come visiting your website, and some of them may want to dig around, discover what you are doing, sign up for your list, and there's a way to generate some more opportunity there as well. Yeah, um, that's a, a great point, Mike, is putting that share button on your blog is just a must because it, I love how LinkedIn is weaving its way in really into the entire web. And that's a way to get your content more exposure and visibility within your particular industry, even uh, through that LinkedIn Today channel. So that's a great tip. So for the business to business person listening right now who is um, focused heavily on Twitter and maybe link, uh, Facebook or Pinterest, but really hasn't dug into LinkedIn yet, what do you want to say to this person? I don't understand why um, many business professionals, B2B or B2C, discount uh, the network. And, you know, I'm happy about that because it's the best kept secret that there is. But I would just say, you know, would you rather have 20,000 followers on Twitter where a small percentage of those those followers are, are engaged? Or would you rather have... 200 or even 2,000 high-quality, engaged connections on LinkedIn. And hands down, I would choose the smaller number of connections that are high-quality and relevant on a network where they come back to, they're engaged, they're active, and they're interested in discovering insights that can help them do their jobs better. Well, I hope everyone that's listening... um is at least thinking about LinkedIn in a new light because there's so much that can be done with it. Um, and I do want to encourage everybody to uh, visit the show notes. And Stephanie, if you don't mind, I'll ask you to answer some of their questions because I'm sure there'll be a lot um, sure. when we post the show. Um, where can folks learn more about you, Stephanie? Oh, you can find me on LinkedIn, obviously, Stephanie Sammons. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Steph Sammons, S-T-E-P-H-S-A-M-M-O-N-S. And then uh, my website, my primary website is stephaniesammons.com. Stephanie Sammons, thank you so much for providing some really interesting insight into how 
business folks can use LinkedIn to generate leads and uh, build relationships. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much. You are welcome. And it was my pleasure. Well, I hope you got a lot out of that interview. Uh, I know there's a lot of ideas that could really be very valuable for you. If you want to learn more about some of these uh, tools that LinkedIn offers, uh, you can get them all in the show notes by visiting socialmediaexaminer.com slash 30. Also, if you've enjoyed the show and um, you've maybe listened to some of our other shows and, and you're enjoying this, it would be uh, awesome if you would consider visiting socialmediaexaminer.com slash love. What this will do is populate a tweet into your Twitter stream that says you love the show, letting your friends know about it and helping us, of course, grow our listenership. And I would really appreciate it. Well, folks, geez, I can't believe it. This brings us to the end of the podcast. And I am your host, Michael Stelzner. Uh, If you do like the show, you can help us out also by visiting iTunes and giving us a review and rating. And you can do that by visiting socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.